Hello Dan, this is Special Agent The Vern. I'm just heading back from the Double Art Diner right now. Had a wonderful session with Special Agent Ryan Luis Rodriguez, and we got to meet with Special Deputy Director Jason Soto. And yes, I'm very excited about this new season. We are going to delve more into Twin Peaks, find out who killed Laura Palmer, and find out more details about that. Uh, Jason is actually going to help us on getting us some more suspects so we can investigate on who murdered uh, our waitress Ashley. Uh, but we didn't talk about that much in this episode. Uh, we were kind of delve more into the Twin Peaks because it was such a long one. Uh, but I promise as these case files go on, we are going to get into more of the facts about who killed Ashley. Anyways, Diane, have a wonderful weekend and I will talk to you soon. I heard you're coming up here. I can't wait for that. So just let me know when you're going to be coming back down to Twin Peaks. Anyways, here is the case files right now. Enjoy it, and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye. You want a rambler? You made your mind up, so get that rambler. But before you're signed up, check the deal. Check the very finest deal right now on Rambler. What was it about the 90s that made movies so much better? How much of an impact did they make during that decade? And while we're at it, can we throw around some 90s slang? Join me, Jason Soto, a lover of all things 90s, as I do a deep dive into cinema from the best era ever. Rabbit Hole Podcast present That's the Bomb Yo! 90 Hella Rad Movies from the 90s. You can find this show on Anchor, Apple, Google, anywhere you get podcasts from, or its home location at rabbitholepodcasts.com. And who knows, maybe even Alicia Silverstone will finally accept my date. Oh, I'm Okay, boys, I got things worked out for you to do your investigations back at the Double R Diner. Oh, cool. Thank you. Now, you'll only be able to have one pastry item free of charge per recording, but you can have unlimited coffee. Fuck yeah! Lorraine has made it very clear that she does not want to be bothered at all while you are here. So she will choose the dessert of her choice and place it for you. But what if I want pie? instead of a donut, or maybe I like a little cake, or... Or I could serve you up a tall glass of shut the you-know-what up and just take what you got. It's fine. I'm trying my best to avoid eating here. Is that because of your diet? No, it's because I don't want to die. There is so much grease in the food here. My, my arteries are closing just from the smell alone. If I get any complaints from any of the staff here, you'll have to record your little show at my place, and I won't make it fun for you, okay? Sounds good to me, Soto. Now I gotta go. I'll get you some of the suspects you emailed me about later, but I'll do so at my time, okay? Now enjoy your show. I'll talk to you both later.
Ah, man, it's good to see uh, Deputy Soto, or Executive Director Soto. I don't know what we call him. Yeah, let's just call him Executive Director. That Exe- works for me. Executive Director Soto. Uh, well, hey, Ryan, how's it been, buddy? Uh, it's been complicated. Uh, interesting that we've gone so long without recording. How are we going to know how to do this? I, I, I know, but uh, hey, I like the fact that we get unlimited coffee. Yeah. I like the, I like the fact that the budget allows us a free pastry of choice here. What's your pastry they give you this time? I got the apple pie. Oh, that's, you got the apple pie. That's my jam. That um, is totally my jam. Well, they must like ice you. ice cream on top. Oh, what? Oh, delicious. oh, fuck. Um, a la mode. A la mode. I think I pissed off the owners here because all I got is just a plain donut. With a cigarette in it? <laughs> No, no cigarette this time. Just a plain donut. Just a, so then you did something right if you didn't get a cigarette this time. But it's just a plain donut. There's like no glaze on there or sprinkles or anything. It's just like a donut. It's like a That's two what day you old. Get for not being specific. <laughs> those are two day old donuts. Oh, those are the best kind. They're nice and crunchy. That's true. That's true. Uh, well, uh, I hope you all that are listening to this checked out our last season. The uh, Tales of the Double R, because I'm not going to give you much recap of last season, so go check out that last season. That That's enough of a recap. We don't but, really need to go into it. A lot of shit happens. Yeah. A lot of shit happens in 45 minutes. Uh, but uh, so much, in fact, happens that this is two hours long. That's true. But we're going to try to get this done in about an hour. All right? Works for me. Works but, for me, buddy. So when we open the show, Cooper has been shot. Yes. And he's lying on the ground. and Bleeding out. Bleeding out. And this old guy comes in with a glass of milk. And he just does not know what to do. With This old guy who looks Cooper. like the Six Flags guy. Oh, the... the, the yes! That guy. For the listeners out there who was born before the year uh, 1995, we not know who we're talking about, but there were commercials for the amusement park called Six Flakes, and it shows this older guy with his big glasses dancing to pop tunes. Just go to YouTube and look up Six Flags guy. It has to be there. Gotta be. That is such an iconic image from our childhood. <laughs> and I, I'd be amazed if if you could search for it and not find that. Oh, it has to like, be all over YouTube. It's like that and the Quiznos little mutant puppets. Yeah, that or uh, the Fandango uh, sock puppets. That's that's, oh, for, that's a blast from the past, right? Oh, the fan. Oh, I do remember those guys. Fandango. Were you old enough? We old enough right to remember the Fanta Girls? No, that's that must be before my time. The Fanta Fanta, don't you want the Fanta Fanta? Oh, okay, yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, right up there. Uh, but this old guy comes in with milk, and Cooper's like, "Can you call the hospital?" And the phone is still, the phone is still, I guess, uh, still on because Andy is trying to call in yes. and tell Cooper something, and the old guy is like. He takes the phone, hangs it up, and he says, I hung it up for you, boss. And he keeps trying to get Cooper to get the thumbs up, uh, which he does. Um, and I like the fact when he asked Cooper to sign the bill. 
And and Cooper asks if, if a gratuity is included. Yes. Because <laughs> this guy is such a great employee that he really deserves that tip. He does. He's letting tip. a man bleed out on the floor. But you know what? He deserves the extra two bucks. Because he did show up with the milk and made sure the desert taken care of. Um, yeah, taken care of and dying. But I guess while that's going on, or I guess oh, the old guy leaves, yeah. and then a giant appears, a bald giant. I call him the bald tall guy. Carl Stroiken, uh, best known as Lurch in the Adams Family movies. That okay. Oh. Plays the giant, or depending on where you're uh, reaching this, the fireman. But oh. let's just for now call him the giant. The giant, okay. Uh, he tells Cooper three things. And I wrote these down to the best of my abilities. But that's why I have you I'm here, Ryan. You did because I didn't. Because well, you're here to make sure that I'm saying these things right, okay? Yes, yes. Uh, that's, that's all I can do. That's <laughs> what I shall do. Yeah. He uh, says three things. There is a man in a smiling bag. Yes, correct. That's one. The second one. The owls are not what they seem. Count it. That's two. And then number three, without chemicals, eight points. Wrong. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. That oh. could be right. Could be right. I just watched it again this morning, and I still don't know. Don't know. Okay. He's a very confounding accent, Carl Stryken. Uh, that, that's true. Uh, and then we uh, – and then Cooper gives the tall guy his ring – the change is ring. Um, yes. There's a there's a clue at Leo Lutz's house. Yes, and he says that he'll give him the ring back in time. I believe once he solved it. And then we're back at One Eyed Jacks, and for the right. creepiest scene in the entire episode. Okay, here's the thing too. So he's there to test out the new girl. And he's there to screw the new girl. He's there to <laughs> that's okay. he's there yeah. to touch company business. That, you know that's true. He's, he's there to test off the merchandise. He wants to make sure the merchandise is good because people, Benjamin Horn owns a brothel. All right. When I chat is a brothel. It's a whorehouse. He's a horn dog. Now, Audrey is there uh, doing some reconnaissance missions. She's there undercover. Check out the place. Now, what I don't understand is when Benjamin is there, now Audrey has her face covered up with a kitty mask. But she's uh, still. With an opera mask. Opera mask, yes. Which I don't understand is that doesn't he recognize his daughter's own voice? Well, she does kind of put on a lilt. She's, I guess, trying to disguise her voice. But at the same time, this is some weird Oedipal shit going on. Well, yeah. It I makes mean, me tremendously uncomfortable just thinking about it. It's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable watching it. Yeah, because... but I don't like it, Vern. I don't like it. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's fair. I don't, I don't know. want to see anything bad happen to Audrey. She's my girl. That's true. But Audrey will be fine, all right? So you say. I, she'll, she'll be fine, at least for now. I don't trust it. <laughs> you, you probably lied should. to me before, Vern. <laughs> I hope I'm wrong, because I've not seen the shows, or I've not seen the case files in a while. But so far, Audrey seems to be okay. Uh, yeah, she's cool as a cucumber. She oh, very much like she has a shit like an well, apt thing to be thinking about in this scene. Cucumbers. Oh, okay. I think about no, that. No, that's gross. I <laughs> that that was disgusting. <laughs> I'm ashamed of myself. I don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed, buddy. So now, uh, 
there's there was a little confrontation between Blackie and Jerry. And, and, yes, and Blackie, who always looks like she's strung out on heroin and could be, for all I know. But maybe they couldn't say that on on ABC, but she always looks like she's in the middle of like an injection. Did you feel that like she was being threatened by Jerry in a way? Like, I don't know. I mean, I think Blackie can take care of herself. So I, I don't think that she's easily threatenable. Uh, but Jerry's definitely putting on the sleaze. Yeah, for sure. That's 100 percent. But he Uh, always is when he's not talking about food. He's just being sleazy. Just talking to Swedish women and everything. Just putting the moves on 100 percent. Now we're back with the hotel and uh, Cooper is talking to Diane on his voice activation tape recorder. And he tells Diane all the things that he still wanted to do. Um, Yes. And he explains that he had a uh, bulletproof vest on. as per requirements and that he was moving the vest a little bit because he thought he had a wood tick. So the, uh, at least one of the bullets did hit him in the chest. So he is definitely in critical condition as of this recording. But uh, he does end up being saved because Harry and I think Andy and the doctor, they show up and they came to the hospital, uh, when he wakes up, Lucy gives Cooper a recap of events that happened in the last episode of season one of Twin Pizza. So definitely go check that shit out. Yes, um, and that's why there's no recap at the beginning of the episode, because Lucy gives literally everything that happens in the span of 35 seconds. And then Shelly wakes up in the hospital, too. So, hooray, Shelly uh, is back like that. Uh when Cooper wakes up, he decides to go ahead and leave because he feels that he feels better. Um, Ronette Pulesky is there, and she has a dream that she's walking in a forest, and that's all I have for that. Um, and then the next scene, Maddie is having coffee with Laura Pumper's mom, Sarah, and she talks about a strange dream Involving a rug. Is this when she looks at the rug and the blood starts to form, or is not, that later? Not yet, because she's talking okay. to the mom about the dream she had. And then Leland comes in, and he's happy and singing the song, but there's something different about Leland. He's got white hair. Very just like shiny white hair. Shaka white. Shaka white. white. I mean, he's like, uh, what do you call those people that, uh, preacher sitter, like, uh, a gospel sitter, like a priest, a priest, like a preacher sitter. I think they're, they're, uh, Irish ditties that he's well, singing. Well, no, he's singing the Irish ditties, but he looks like a pastor. He looks like, I guess so, that, yeah. Do you remember that movie with Steve Martin, Leap of Faith? Yes, I never saw it, but I'm it's familiar good, with the poster. It's a, it's a pretty good movie where he plays a con man who's also a preacher, but, the preacher at one of his events actually does cure someone for real. It's, yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's pretty good. I don't know why, but Leland just reminded me of that. Um, well, he reminds then, me of Steve Martin because Steve Martin has always looked like that. He's always had the shock of white hair. It always has. Even when, like, I think his 20s he had the, or at least in his 30s or so he had that white hair. That'd be the, yeah, because yeah. I've always remembered him having that white hair always. He had gray hair before that and then just total white. Yeah, in the 70s, in the Muppet movie, he had that gray hair. Yeah. And then just shot of white, just 
right there. So maybe he had a traumatic experience of just made his hair white. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe he strangled somebody in the, in the hospital. <laughs> maybe. Allegedly. allegedly. I don't want to say that Steve Martin's killed anybody, but I will say allegedly he has. Uh, uh, and, and then after this point, after uh, Leland leaves, then Maggie does see something strange on the rug, like this blood pattern. Or such a creepy image, such a good moment from Cheryl Lee when she reacts and starts uh, hysterically crying. Oh, so good. She's the best actor on this show, without a doubt. They never gave her anything to do until the movie, but she's amazing. She's so good. Oh, I cannot wait to talk about her in the Twin Peaks Fire Walk with me. Oh, I can't wait either, man. I'm so looking forward to that. Oh, uh, she's so good in that movie. So after that, uh, Ben Horn is talking up with Jerry about the whereabouts of Catherine and Josie. Yes. They want to know both where, are missing. Both are missing. They want to know where they are. Um, and I guess Leland comes back, and Leland is ready to work. Yep. Clearly uh, not processing his grief. No. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was hysterically crying and jumping into his, his daughter's gravesite. So this guy has gone through a lot in the span of a couple days, because yeah. each episode takes place over the course of like a day and a half. So this is can't be more than like three weeks after Laura Palmer was found. So oh, this guy has gone through some shit. Very much so. And just the his mind going like this and him being all happy, duty happy when a tragedy is his family this hard. Yeah. Uh it it's weird because you're kinda laughing at him, but you feel kinda bad for laughing at him because yeah, he's gone through this horrific tragedy of not just losing a daughter, but you find out your daughter's been murdered, too. And, yeah, I I imagine... Raped probably... and murdered. Yes. That's horrifying. That's, horrifying. that's the worst thing you can experience as a, ch- as a, as a, as a parent. Yeah. I, and so I don't not fault him at all for snapping as it would be, because anybody most likely would have. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Cooper is at Leo's crime scene uh, with the other detectives. Um, and while there, uh, Andy is there and Albert shows up. And Andy's walking to uh, tell the crew that Albert is there. Uh, but he accidentally steps on a board, gets hit to the head, and gets a little wobbly. But by doing so, they actually do discover clues that are there. Yep, yep. underneath the board. On the board, they found like a pair of shoes and uh, a bite of some drugs were there. I'm not uh, quite sure. Yeah, yeah, because they didn't find any in the truck. Mm-hmm. So they did find some underneath the board. All right. Uh, and then at the double R, Donna meets with Maddie again. Um and Maddie then gives her sunglasses. Maddie's sunglasses here. Very important. Very important. She, uh, Dr. Jacoby was attacked, and Maddie feels guilty about sending the tape. Uh, Donna just wants to keep things quiet. They can find out some more things. Yep. About the. And then um, Norma gives Donna a note that says, Look into Meals on Wheels. Yes. yes. 
And I wrote this too down, Ryan. I wrote down that the large lady is there and watches this. I don't think uh, she's watching. I think she's just there. Really? She kind of obliviously spits out some gum and puts it on the wall. Like, that's disrespectful, log lady. You don't do that to an establishment. I thought she was, like, spying on them. I think I, I just watched it again this morning. And from what I could discern, she's just sitting there drinking coffee, chewing gum. Okay. Just happens to be in the in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, now, our Gordon Cole actually does order Albert to return. And he actually does give Cooper a good detail about the gunshot that happened to him. So he can tell yes. you exactly what the bullet was and what the gun range was, but couldn't tell who the shooter was. Where it was fired from, the height of the shooter, all that stuff. Yes. Uh, now, I guess Andy's there, and he gives details that Leo Johnson had an alibi the night Teresa Banks was murdered. Yes. He was in uh, Canada, right? Yes. May, may have been at one of Jacks. Who knows? But I'm just going to put that out there. Uh, and then the one-armed man comes in to the police station to meet with Harry, uh, says he's there to sell shoes. Yep, has a big old suitcase. Um, what could be hiding in that suitcase? I don't right. know. <laughs> uh, Harry, then, <clears throat> Harry then investigates James about the tape and the coke. Yep. And, uh, <clears throat> uh, James also tells Harry about the tape Laura sent, says there's something about fire and Bob were on the tape. And he kind of talks about the last night he saw Laura. Yes. And then the message goes on to say about Laura and Bob. Sorry, fire and Bob were some messages on the tape. And that's all I really got from James on that. Hope I'm right. Okay. Yes. Yes, yes you are. Okay. Now, Cooper actually does find out about the other half of the necklace and knows that James has it. And asks for it specifically. Yep. Which I think he does give to him. Yes, Uh, he does. It also finds out about Jacoby uh, being a part of it. Being involved somehow. Yes, and uh, they go to talk to Jacoby and he seems to uh, intimate that uh, I'm going to get to that that Laura was somewhat Oh, sorry? I'll read, I'll read to that soon. I got one other thing before okay. that. Okay. Uh, now, um, Donna comes in to the jail cell to talk with James. And with the sunglasses and a cigarette, looking foxy. Looking so foxy. When I was watching this, I had to say, and please do not walk out of the show or the, the, the place here, Mr. Rodriguez, but she looked good. She looked really good. Almost as good as Audrey, but... Just really good. Nah, nah, not even close. Not even close, okay. You can't approach Audrey. I mean, yeah, Donna's, Donna's a total fox, but I'm sorry. Audrey and Shelly, those are the girls for me. No, not Shelly. Okay, that's fair. That is damn fair. I can't not compete with that. And we should let people know, too, that, yes, I am aware that these are, like, girls in high school. But keep in mind, when these case ballots originally came out, I was only 12 and 13 years old, and these ladies were a lot older than me, okay, at the time. So yeah, I don't feel bad. Yeah, I was bad. four. Okay. So I'm okay. I'm, I'm free and clear. Exactly. I can say whatever I want. These are these are older ladies than I. Yes. Much, much older ladies. I mean, shoot. I mean, 
with me, that's what I like, man. That's I mean, what I like. with, with me, you're talking about maybe like maybe two years, maybe for going with a 13 year old, but yeah, I mean, you old perv. But no, if I was 13, they were 16 or 17. They're the old pervs. I'm yeah. safe there. Yeah, put it on the ladies, Vern. <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's their fault. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Uh, please send all messages to. To rabbit holes. Yes. Uh, yes. These are the messages to our, our Patreon page there, yes. Which is uh, which, I, which I will get to at the end of our, our case file. So let me go back to my notes here as I was oodling over Donna wearing the sunglasses. You dirty old man. And just looking so incredibly hot. So that whenever you have a lady wearing sunglasses and smoking a cigarette, just, yeah. Oh, there's hot. nothing hot. It, yeah. It's the best. All right. Uh, so after that, Cooper tells Lucy and Andy to search through copies of Flesh World to see if For they the can past find five years. Thank you, Ryan. And to see if they can find photos of Teresa and Ronette yes. and Laura in there. Are they trying to find both Teresa and Ronette and Laura in there? I think that they're mostly focused on Teresa and Ronette. Okay, gotcha. Uh, now at the hospital, this is where they do meet up with Jacoby. Yes. Okay. Now we're caught up. So Jacoby intimates that Laura might have uh, played a role in her own death. And Cooper asks if he's saying that uh, Laura was suicidal. And Jacoby says no, but he she may have allowed herself to die. Yes. Like, and he also mentioned something too about her leading a double life. Yes. Um, and Which we already knew. We yes. already knew that. Yeah, true. Uh, but he also says that there was like a, a smell, like an oil engine smell. Yes, and there. Uh, uh, Leo's clothes had gas on them, so that's the connection. Oh, okay, all right. Um, now Bobby comes to see Shelly at the hospital. Yes, and, where she's recuperating from smoke inhalation. Yes, and tell them all about that. Um, now. Ed is also there at the hospital, and he tells Cooper that he feels guilty about what happened to Nadine. And then yes, he goes, we learn what happened to Nadine, uh, Nadine's eye. Yes. We learn that as they were younger, uh, Ed accidentally shot it out with some buckshot, and well, he feels incredibly guilty about it. Well, here's the thing, too, because Ed was dating Norma. Yes, and then Shitbag came into it and messed everything up. Yes, Shitbag came into it, and then Norma married Shitbag, and then Ed met Nadine, thought she was sweet, and they decided to get married, and then at the honeymoon, that's when he actually shut out her eye. And the weird thing is, or kind of the nice thing, is that Nadine never blamed Ed for that, and she's right. always been devoted to him. Her whole life, because I can imagine that Nadine was sort of the nerdy wallflower at school that no one really talked to and no one paid much attention to. And I'm happy to say that uh, I guessed in one of the earlier case files that Norma and Ed were high school sweethearts and that he uh, could not proceed with the relationship and so then moved on to Nadine. And I'm happy to say I was mostly right, which yes. I'm usually not. No, that was good. But this time I am. Uh, Agent Ryan, that is some very good investigative skills there, my friend. 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I, I guess I knew it, but then completely forgot it because I hadn't watched the damn show in a couple of years. But I guess I knew it on a subconscious level because otherwise I never would have picked that. Are you kidding me? I mean, isn't that the whole idea? You've heard this podcast before. I'm not good at this shit. Well, isn't that the whole idea is to, like, have things come to you in, like, dreams or images? We're, we're, we're investing in Twin for that matter. Well, that too, but yeah, but we're investing in Twin Peaks and a bunch of, like, magical things happen in the town of yeah, Twin Peaks. Yeah, it was Peaks, weird. So. Last night, I had just gotten shot, and I was laying down, and some old Six Flags guy came to give me some milk. And then some giant talked to me. It's a weird dream. I don't know that's how a, to explain it. That is a very weird dream. It's a lot better than the dreams I have. So that's that's good right there. Uh, now, Cooper, while they're at the hospital, Cooper does see the smiling beige. Yes, he does. It's in the bathroom. And it literally is a bag that is hanging from the wall and is the slope of the uh, where the zipper is, is hanging so low that it does look like the bag is smiling. Uh, but I thought maybe that babe would lead to somewhere, but does that babe belong to someone? I wasn't quite sure. He just sees a game in the bathroom. That's all I see. I don't think we know yet, but okay. I think we will learn. Okay. So Norma then visits Shelly, and Shelly wants her to bring some pie. And Norma's like, I'll bring two pies. And then she sees Ed with Dean. And she's feeling kind of torn because she still kind of likes Ed, but she sees the dovation that Ed has with Nadine, so kind of stays away from that. Back to the Double R Diner, Bobby is joined by his dad, the guy from the military, and I... Major I, Garland Briggs. Thank you. I the I great Don Davis. So good. So good in this right. scene. I found the scene to be very touching. Yes, I find the felt. relationship overall to be pretty touching. Because he, okay, so Briggs has this vision. Not dream, it's a vision. And he sees himself at this house, like this reunion. And there's additional rooms, and there's a knock at the door. And he sees his son to stand there. And he was happy. And they hugged. And there was a sense of optimism in the air when they hugged. And you just kind of see the look on Bobby's face when his dad tells him stuff that lets him know that, ah, my, my dad does care about me quite a bit. Yeah, it, it's a pitch-perfect soliloquy. Like, it, it was clearly written because they knew that he could knock it out of the park. And he absolutely does. Like, I, I think a lot of that is David Lynch, who's returning to the director's chair for the first time since episode two of season one. And clearly there's some kind of just alchemy between the two of them, because I don't know that he'll ever get a better moment on the show. Like, he's so good in that scene. And it's kind of those moments, too, Ryan, that in most other directors' hands would have just been fumbled. Like, he would have just said something really fast just to get the plot moving. And I like the fact that Lynch kind of holds on a little bit. Yes, it's something that he does really well in The Return, is that he pulls it back, and he allow he gets patient. And he allows the actor to take their time to pause when they need to, and to just emphasize every major point. And I love the fact that they made him so integral to the mythos going forward from this point. 
like he was pretty much in cameos up to this point. Yeah. But going forward, he has a lot more to do. All right. I love that. It's at this moment, too, uh, that Bobby, uh, I guess, Hank asked Bobby if, you know, the, he'd be uh, Dave uh, Shelley the Flowers. Yes. And it's at that moment where Bobby realizes that Shipaid shot Leo. Yep. He he has the flash, and then we see the scene of Shitbag taking a shot through the window. And suddenly everything comes to light. Very much so. Okay. Um, all right. So after that, Cooper tells others the events of Laura's last night. And help me if I'm wrong with this, but Cooper says that Laura was with Leo and Jack. And that she had sex with them after Jacques. she was Jacques. Sorry, she had sex with them after she was with James. Um, but then it was discovered that there was a third person, and this person took Laura and Renette and killed Laura and attacked Renette. Yes, and they have their blood, but all they know is that it doesn't match the other people that were reported at the scene. Yeah, so it doesn't match and anyone else And then it's AB negative, I think. Is that is that I, a blood type? I believe so, yes. I know there's a blood type, but it's a blood type in this world. I'm going to stick by that, okay? I know there's actually a real blood type, Ryan, but for God's sake, it's a blood type, and we're going to use it for this one, all right? Uh, so Pete is back with Harry, and they're back at the, uh, the I guess, Catherine Pete's place. Yes, and he's still recovering from smoke inhalation. Says the immortal line, I feel like my lips were taped to a, a bus's something. Yeah, bus tailpipe. Yeah, there you go. Tailpipe. Now, That's a word. It's a word we all know and recognize. <laughs> How I couldn't put that together in my own head, I don't know. But yeah, that tailpipe. That's a real thing. T- tailpipe, yes. Uh, but Peach reads to Harry a note from Josie. It all says that she went away on business to, to Seattle. Seattle, yeah. All right. They haven't found Catherine, and I guess Harry asked Pete to expect the worst that could happen to her, which is which is bad too. You feel bad for Pete because he's a nice guy and that's his wife, so you feel bad. And he points out that she was not easy to live with, but that he'll miss her anyway. Yeah, because he's a nice guy. All right, I could yeah, do without Pete's Cat- a real treasure. I love he is. Pete. I mean, he's too good for words, and he's just Based to the wrong people. Uh, but then, I guess there's this uh, Chinese guy, or Asian guy, I should say. I don't want to make... Korean. Uh, He's Korean. Korean. Thank you. See, I'm making, I'm making racist observations. I apologize. I don't need to do that. But a Korean guy calls looking for Josie. Yes. And does not know. say who he is. And uh, Pete tells him that uh, he doesn't know where she is, that she's elsewhere. And then the guy promptly hangs up. Now, at the hotel, Jerry, Ben, and Hank meet. And Hank says that Josie's left, he shot Leo, and Catherine is presumed dead. Yes. And that's all we know from that. Um, back at 1A Jacks, uh, Audrey is told by Blackie that she basically has to fuck whoever she says to fuck. Because... Uh, Blackie says, why Why would you fucking the owner? And Audrey can't be like, well, that's my dad. 
she's still incognito, uh, but she's basically put to a really hard position. Yeah, that's an <laughs> optimal word there. Hard position. <laughs> she is. She's in a very t- she's a very tight place, right? You did that on purpose, Vern. <laughs> what, what did I just do that? It purpose. was not unconscious. You did that on purpose, you perv. <laughs> you're just she is. up rabbit holes. You're just being gross. Oh, I'm sorry. I know that you lady. I'll I'll be respectful. I'll, I'll be nice. Yes, damn right. You better leave my lady alone. Because she's definitely There's enough. enough to worry about, Vern. <laughs> she's in a tight, warm spot right there. I don't... Oh. <laughs> All right, I'll be good. All right. I, I, I am a disgusting person. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. After that, Donna tells Norma that she's going to take over Laura's meals on wheel shift. Now, at Laura's home, there is a dinner with a whole bunch of people, and Leland's there, and the family doctor's there, and there's this woman and a young girl wearing a ballerina type outfit, and they're... Yes, yeah, Kirsten the, Howard, Donna's younger sister. Oh, that's Donna's younger sister, okay. Uh, sorry, not Howard, Hayward. Okay, Hayward, okay, gotcha. Played by little Alicia Witt, who was in that's, Dune. That's a little... Oh, Alicia Witt, holy shit. Yep. I, I did not put that together. Thank you very much, Ryan. Oh, okay. Well, very cool. All right. Uh, I know Lisa Witt from the show Sybil. Yes. Yeah. And I know that she was in a movie that I liked very much called Fun. Now, after that, I'm going back to my notes. Every time I close my notes, I gotta go back. There. Okay. So Leela's there, and he says he feels happy, and uh, he sings the song, Come On, Be Happy, but each time it gets faster and faster. And he gets He's so getting more, more manic as it goes on. Yeah. More and more goes on, then Leland just passes out. And then after that, Audrey at When It Jacks is there. She prays that Cooper will see the note she left. And we're there with Cooper, and it pans down to the notes. She tells him that. Horn owns when I jazz as well as the department store. The giant comes into Cooper's room and he says this other hint clue there. And I wrote this down, even though I, I know I probably effed this up majorly, but says, don't search all answers at once. The three have seen the third, but they have not seen the body. Yes. All right. Uh, then there's like this flash of light that goes into Cooper it's like a little, uh, like a little flying orb. Yeah. It reminded me of, uh, you know, at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, when the ghosts come out of the ark. Yeah. That's what it looks like, except with a little. It looks like actually in the movie Heavy Metal, the Loch Nar, the green floating oh. ball that kills everybody. That's kind of what it looks like too. But it doesn't like set anyone on fire or kill anyone. No, 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 not in this, not in this. Okay, all right. Uh, so there's a flash of light. Uh, Ronette has a dream of Laura's murder, and she sees Bob. Yes. First time we've seen Bob in a while. True. Yeah, so Bob is so far our other third person that we're going to try and find more about. And we see him bashing the hell out of somebody. We don't know who it is. But yeah, but he's, he's beating somebody to a bloody pulp. Very, very. And there's a uh, Laura's face screaming. It's a lot of nightmare image. It's uh, it's very much a David Lynch sequence. You can kind of feel him going hog wild on it. Like that's maybe that's the reason that he decided to direct the episode was to do that scene. 
that makes, makes sense. perfect sense. Oh yeah, uh, I think the pro with the major bridge is a good like David Lynch moment. That oh, and also, absolutely, absolutely. But I'm talking like as a director, I think that he loves that kind of visual flourish. Oh, well, I because he loves his nightmares. He absolutely loves nightmare logic. He loves that, but then he also chooses to end the episode. The end credit sequence is with the Alicia Witt playing the piano. Yes, and she's with, good, man. She's very she's good. She's fucking good at that piano. I, I could never do that. At any age, I could not play the piano as good. It's kind of weird how people take on certain careers because she definitely could have been a piano player. She could have been a Fiona Apple or Adele or something like that. Just someone that knows how to play, Tori Amos that knows how to play the piano super well. So, there you go. Uh, well, that wraps up. This particular case file where it tells the double R. We got two hours into 46 minutes. That's a that's a new record for us. That feels good. Uh, So since we have a few minutes here left at the double R diner, what have you been watching lately? Uh, Well, lately I've been watching. uh, I just started Star Trek Voyager because I just finished uh, Next Generation. And then I watched uh, the entirety of Star Trek Picard in like three days. I watched 30 episodes because I have nothing better to do with my life. That's, I, you and, know, I, that's great. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I just, I, I don't think I really watch much of Star Trek. I feel like I should start because I, I think just, that if you do, you should definitely start with the original series. And then do it chronologically. So then go on to Next Generation and then Deep Space Nine and then Voyager. And then just stop at that okay. point. Just don't even stop. bother with the other stuff. Do I like, need to watch? But I got the movies in there too, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, actually, you know what? That's a that's a good See, way to start is by watching the movies instead of the shows. I've seen the movies, but not all of them. I've seen just the first because four. One, two, four six and eight are great okay and i seen four three, i love four five seven nine and ten are not so much not so much all right keep that in mind but uh, a little bit you watch the shows i've been watching dead readers completely with different rachel vice with rachel nice. vice yes because and she does good uh, she's very great and Creepy and Disturbing, it's the remake of David Cronenberg's feature. And I gotta say, I like Rachel Weiss' performance just a tad bit more than Jeremy Irons. Just a tad bit more. Nothing wrong with Jeremy Irons. I thought he was great in the film. But there's something... Them's fighting words, Vern. I know, but there's there's a little bit more... I like Rachel Weiss better just because... And maybe it's because she's very attractive. Two of them. There's two Rachel Weiss. And she's, I fell in love with her during The Mummy, and I've never fallen out of love with her. She looks amazing. She's a great actor. Uh, it made me want to re. Maybe you kind of want to rewatch Sisters, the Brent of Oh, great movie. So, but yeah, that's what I've been kind of watching. And I've been watching episodes of Jim and the Holograms. The animated show? The animated show. Hell yes, because I've never seen it before. And it was on 2 p.m. Like, I would give it a shot. And you know what? Damn it. It is fun. It is kitschy, 80s fun. Doesn't she have a boyfriend with purple hair? I don't. Yeah, Alvi has purple hair, but it's just completely filled with 80s trash classics. Uh, the sort of like synth wave 
that's happening up for the music in that show. Oh yeah, I love it. I didn't now, like have that. Have you seen the movie? I am avoiding that movie. I've seen shows for that movie and I'm avoiding it. I hear Juliet Lewis is great in it, but I think that you're probably wise for avoiding it. I if I, I, I now uh, Jason Thoreau does have a podcast um, where him and Lisa uh, go through the movies made by Jason Bloom movies. So, mm-hmm. but I'm not. If he decides to have me as a guest for that show, maybe. Speaking of which, we should give a shout right now to Rabbit Hole Podcasts because they are hosting tales from the Double R, and they have a few sponsors for us. Uh, if you like this show, you'll like other shows over at Rabbit Hole Podcast. Again, rabbitholepodcast.com. Uh, there is a Patreon page where you can get this episode early as well as other episodes early, and that's patreon.com slash rabbitholepods. Rabbitholepods, not rabbit holes pod. That's a different thing. I like that one better. Let's stick with that one. That'll make shit from this Patreon. So let's go to rabbit holes. (laughs) Yeah, it's still there. Uh, Rabbit hole pods. And then uh, there's also Audible. If you like listening to books, hey, there's a lot of great books about David Lynch. In fact, I'm reading one from David Lynch right now called Room to Dream. And it goes through I have all- it sitting on my shelf. I can't wait to start. I have the hardcover. Yeah, I'm listening to the book that's narrated by David Lynch and another person, which has been kind of a cool thing. Like this one lady, she'll talk about, you know, the movie or the shows and give all the facts about that. And then David Lynch will come in and tell you a story about what happened during the making of said movie or show. It's really cool. Now, does he ever say that his socks are on fire? I I have not gotten to that part yet, but he tells a bunch of like really great random stories. He doesn't actually say as part of the production. He tells about stories that happened during the production of Dune and about Blue Velvet and tells stories about uh, Isabella Zabozli and Laura Dern. It's it's great stuff. I really really love listening. To that book, so Room's a Dream. He has it's, such uh, a captivating voice. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, and he just sucks you in with the storytelling. But if you want to check out that book, you can go to audibletrial.com/slash/rabbithole-pod. You get thirty free days uh, to use their services, and then whatever you download, you get to keep that. So check that out. Uh, but anyways, that's gonna wrap up our time here. At the Double R Diner. Thank you very much, Agent Ryan, for joining me for yet another case. Always uh, a pleasure. I appreciate it very much, good buddy. Uh, tell them where they can find you if they want to come search for you. Yeah, uh, I'm on Twitter at One Track Mind Pod, and I'm on Instagram at One Track Mind Podcast, and listen to One Track Mind. I, I listen. Put a lot of love and care into that show, and I. If you like audio commentaries, if you like podcasts, and you you want to see the two intersect, you have to deal with my voice. That's a downside, but uh, I think a, I think it's a good show. You, I, I listened to your episode on Mallrats, and that was very good. Oh, thank you. I was very very impressed by all the facts that you had there. That was great, and I liked your little recommendation section. We talked about uh, Walt Stiltman's trilogy of movies, which I I. I agree with you wholeheartedly about Metropolitan. I, I like yeah, parts a bunch of, of white kids being insufferable. 
I did not like the people at all. I, I, but I still kind of find it kind of fascinating to watch. It's like you're seeing characters you don't like, but you're fascinated to watch them still. Yeah. Uh, but my favorite is Last Days of Disco because Toy Story. Yes, it's my favorite too. And I agree with you. I do like disco music. So hey, all right. Uh, but thank you all very much, folks, and we'll talk to you later. Bye bye.